promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. Technology is changing just about everything we do in our lives, and it's no different when we're talking about sports, especially youth sports. And our next guests are really embracing their startup that uses a platform around technology to make the sports experience for young people even better. And our guests are Evan Brandoff and Zubin Teherani. How'd I do, Zubin? You did well. Excellent. <laughs> Zubin is co-founder and chief operating officer for League Side, and Evan happens to be the CEO and co-founder of League Side along with Zubin. So, Zubin, let me start with you and ask, how do you describe what League Side actually is? Yeah, so what League Side does is we help regional national companies like Post Serial, Chop, and Chipotle sponsor youth sports leagues at scale. So you're probably familiar with the local pizzeria or local dentist sponsoring the the local little league. What we do is we take this fragmented market of youth sports leagues and make it easy and effective for regional national companies to sponsor leagues as well. And it's all part of complementing that grassroots community, the pizza shop that you had mentioned, the dental office, the local real estate office, can now be part of a national, super regional kind of initiative with larger brands. Exactly right. We're helping these large companies become a part of the community, not only make youth sports more accessible and help more families and kids play, but also get a a marketing ROI out of that as well. It sounds like it's a win-win-win for everybody. Yeah, win-win-win-win. All we do is win. Are some of those companies who are still involved in supporting the youth sports the local mom and pop pizza shop? Because I do love walking into a pizza shop and seeing, you know, kind of the plaque with the photo of the Little League Baseball League team on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. What League Side does is we're coming in and adding additional sponsorship dollars to these organizations. So not replacing the local mom and pop, just making these regional national companies more local as well. And ultimately, the cost of youth sports is rising exponentially across the country leaving tons of families and kids on the sideline. So these dollars that we're bringing back are not just effective marketing for these companies, but also helping lower those costs so more kids can play. And really enhancing the opportunity for national brands to complement and be part of youth sports the same way that the local dentist office or the same way that the local printer or pizza shop has been historically for decades, really, and allowing those youth sports leagues to even excel further. You guys have a really interesting story, and I want to hear more about that. Evan, I want to turn to you for a moment and learn a little bit more about that moment where you and Zubin came together and said, you know what? There actually might be something here. And that that kind of seed that was planted that blossomed into what today we know as League Side. <laughs> yeah. Share with us a little bit about that. Zubin and I were both part of a fellowship program called Venture for America. It's a two-year fellowship program where you go to a city essentially that's not New York or San Francisco to work for a startup company there to see what it takes to be an entrepreneur and also create jobs in that developing city as well. So Zubin and I were both fellows. Zubin did his fellowship in New Orleans. I did mine in Detroit. We met through a five-week training program before we went to our respective cities and immediately hit it off. 
and kind of had this moment where we're like, we're going to start a company together. <laughs> nice. Then we went to our respective cities and for the next year and a half, just bounced terrible business ideas off of each other. There was a idea for cutting the line at restaurants, a stock market for professional sports teams and leagues. There's probably a dozen different ideas. Yep. Then one weekend in particular... I was volunteering at a basketball tournament in inner city Detroit. These kids were like 12 years old and dunking. It was absolutely incredible basketball. And I looked around the auditorium and realized there's no better way to connect with a passionate group of families, a passionate group of parents in the community than when they're watching their kids play sports. And in turn, we looked at a couple of local businesses sponsoring that tournament yep. and realized that that tournament could have come to life if it wasn't for sponsorship dollars coming into that community. Zubin and I both loved playing sports growing up. I immediately called Zubin and said, I think we might have our idea. What if we could build a network of all these local community youth sports leagues and make it just as easy for regional national companies to reach the local community sports league as it is for the local business? They have the same target audience, but the challenge is youth sports are so fragmented. Every town is a different baseball league, soccer league, football league, almost all volunteer run. So right after that tournament, I called Zubin. We had this aha moment that, wow, this resonates with us. There's a real business opportunity here. Let's go for it. And we never looked back. So you're in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Zubin, you're in New Orleans. Nice draw. I'm trying. (laughs) uh, You're focused on your respective projects through Venture for America, and For about 18 months or so, it sounds like you're bouncing these wacky ideas off of each other. And that's generally speaking through a text or through an email or through a phone call. All the above. above. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is Evan walks out of this basketball tournament in Detroit. He's really inspired. He has this, I think this might be it moment. And he calls you. What was your reaction when Evan kind of presents this idea? I think what makes Evan and I such a good duo is we argue a lot, both over ideas, we poke holes in each other's assumptions, all the above. So the first thing I started doing is poking holes in the assumption. Are we going to be able to convince these regional national companies that sponsoring youth sports leagues is effective marketing? And then on top of that, are we going to be able to coordinate and work with all these volunteers across all these organizations to actually launch these campaigns at scale? And Evan and my startup route said the best way to answer that question, just start talking to people. So Evan was heavily involved in marketing at his previous company. And so we started talking to some of his marketing contacts. I was also on the biz dev side at my company in New Orleans, started talking to some of my contacts Mm -hmm. and then going and calling our parents and who were volunteers at youth sports leagues, talking to to the local leagues in the area. Evan came down to visit me and we went to a a local youth sports leagues in New Orleans. So what started with an idea, we basically made a list of these are all the questions, here are all our assumptions. What's the quickest way from A to B to validate or invalidate each of those things? I love that approach. You basically were doing a little bit of impromptu market research to see if there was anything to this wacky idea that Evan kind of put on the table for exploration. And I'll take it a step further. Market research is great and necessary, but I think something we did well is we created an MVP, a minimal viable product, and went for it. Oftentimes in entrepreneurship, you see people spend too much time on building the perfect product. Mm -hmm. We kind of just went out and started selling. We started talking to brands and selling youth sports sponsorship campaigns to see if a regional or national company would buy it. So that's exactly what Zubin was saying, not just talking to marketers in a sense of, do you think this is a good idea? Right but actually seeing if they would give us dollars in order to sponsor youth sports leagues. So what was the first kind of moment that you realized that there's something here? Was it an investment by an unexpected 
advertiser or sponsor who said, yeah, we'll do this? Or was it some other trigger that caused you to say, all right, now we're getting some traction? I think it's a combination of both. So one of our first clients ever was Smoothie King. And when they started out with us, they spent a minimal amount sponsoring one organization. And what really proved and validated success for us is they went from that one organization to the next season sponsoring about 10 organizations in four markets. So for us, it was a aha moment where it's youth sports sponsorships is typically thought of nonprofit donation, give back to the community. Right. But there was an actual marketing ROI that convinced them that, hey, we're not only going to run in this one league, we're going to scale this regionally. Let me turn it around a little bit and play devil's advocate with you because I can absolutely see a value from a in-house marketing person or an agency representative for a large corporation like a Smoothie King, like a Nemours or other kinds of a post serial company, for example. Part of the challenge I would expect, and I'm curious to hear if you encountered this, is And you identified this a little bit as well, Zubin, is the other side of the equation, which is how do we really convince these grassroots, community-led, volunteer-driven youth sports organizations to engage with us and not be kind of like suspicious about who we are and what we're trying to do? Mm -hmm. Evan, did you encounter some of that? It's funny that it's a common question we get, so you're spot on. Our mission is to make youth sports more accessible. Half the money we make goes directly to these youth sports leagues to lower the cost for kids to play. So our retention rate with leagues that we work with is 99% where they are so excited to be able to work with league side, get additional sponsorship dollars. Plus these kids feel like the pros when they have these big name brands on their jerseys and signage at the field. That is something we were nervous about in the beginning, but it couldn't be better received by people in the community. Yeah, leagues still tell us, what's the catch? This is too good to be true. This is amazing. So that's the great validation we've had on on the league side so far. That's great to hear. And I'm not surprised because Evan Brandoff, who's co-founder and CEO of League Side, and Zubin Teherani, who's the co-founder and chief operating officer of League Side, because you guys are amazing, it sounds like. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here in the studio. You're amazing, (laughs) right? No, you're amazing. (laughs) I'll tell you why I find you guys to be really amazing. One is your paths intersected in life by accident and you connected and you found something and saw something in each other that doesn't happen often in you know friendships and business relationships and in life in general. And the fact that Zubin, you are native to Texas and really grew up in the greater Dallas area and Evan, other side of the world in Long Island, New York, <laughs> yet you still have this kind of connectivity that you recognize and value and have nurtured because relationships are not easy. Any kind of relationship takes work. But where I'm going with all this is at the end of your initial engagement with Venture for America, which is a unique initiative to begin with that we can dive into a little bit more, you had an opportunity to embark on a new chapter under the Venture for America umbrella and it brought you right here to greater Philadelphia. And Zubin, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about how that journey came about and take us back to, what was it, 2014 when you started talking about this? Yeah, absolutely. So funny enough, Evan actually went to the University of Texas. I'm from Dallas. So a lot of my high school friends ended up becoming his college friends. Oh, that's funny. So I knew of Evan, the legend of Evan, before we even met (laughs) through Venture for America. So it is serendipitous that that we kind of ended up in the same program, staying in touch and, and starting this business together. Yeah. But really our path towards Philly, what it looked like is Venture for America is amazing at pushing you off a cliff and making you 
start your own business or begin your entrepreneurial path. And at the end of our two-year fellowship, they had a program here in Philly. Uh, It was an accelerator program run out of the first round capital offices. And they gave us the opportunity to relocate from Detroit, New Orleans, here to Philly to start our company. And it was basically a three-month program, figure it out, If you have a business at the end of three months, you're off to the races. We'll connect you with some of our investor network. Otherwise, time to find the next thing. And I know that Josh Koppelman and his team out at First Round really embraced this kind of entrepreneurial spirit. So how fortunate you guys were to be able to connect with him through Venture for America. Evan, share with us a little bit when you heard this opportunity to come to Greater Philadelphia, what was your reaction? (laughs) You're going to be surprised by my response, but I was actually upset initially to leave Detroit. I was excited about Philadelphia. Philadelphia is close to New York where I grew up. The experiences that I've had here were tremendous. But Detroit was a really special experience being in a city that had reached rock bottom and being part of rebuilding it. But then we moved here. Once we got here, realized I could walk around the block and an incredible sense of community here, Uh, especially the entrepreneurial community is close knit and super helpful here in Philly. There are not enough, but a lot of successful startups in in Philadelphia, and all of the founders make themselves extremely accessible and want to help the next crop of entrepreneurs. For example, Bob Moore, a serial entrepreneur who has two exits, just announced today that he launched his new company, Crossbeam, and raised a $3.5 million venture round. He announced it this morning, and later that morning, we were emailing back and forth with him about which dev shop we should use to build our website and planning our next capital raise. Very cool. Yeah. Accessible, engaged. They want to help other people. And that's the kind of startup community that I know exists in greater Philadelphia. And I'm glad you guys are experiencing it and living it, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here today on crutches off a sprained ankle playing basketball. And that basketball game is through Will Luttrell, another entrepreneur in Philadelphia, where his side hustle is organizing these basketball games with other entrepreneur like-minded people in the community and playing every weekend. Right. So that speaks volumes to it's not just a professional network. Will is an investor and an advisor, but he's also a friend that we both play basketball with on a weekly basis. Right. That's yeah. great. So Evan, not to put you on the spot, but does Zubin have game? <laughs> Zubin's got an incredible game. Uh, he <laughs> runs circles around me. Uh, Even on crutches? His goal last year was to dunk, and I think he could dunk. And for all of you listeners out there, <laughs> Zubin is 5'8". Five, eight. Five, eight. He's being generous, but yeah, we'll go yeah. with 5'8". Five, 5'8 eight. Five, eight with 4-inch heels. <laughs> He's got tremendous game. All right. Zubin, same question. And you don't have to be as nice as Evan just was, but does Evan have game? No. <laughs> <laughs> Evan has game. The comparison I make is he's Zach Randolph. Both lefties, both can hit it from outside and inside. Nice. Cool. (laughs) Sports is definitely a bonding space for you guys, for sure. I want to come back to that moment in, I guess it was late 14 or early 15, when you guys arrive in greater Philadelphia and you find yourselves working out of, I guess, the offices of First Round out in West Philadelphia, right? 4040 Walnut. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you walk in and you sit down. Was league side already kind of like shaped or was it still in the package and you had to take it out and start to assemble it? Zubin, I'll turn to you first. Yeah, it was a lot of assembly. Back then it was even called league side. Original name was hometown. Okay. And we ended up rebranding to league side. But for us, 
to what Evan was talking about before, our goal with that three-month accelerator was to validate that we had a business. So walking in every day, our goal was, do we have a business? Do we have a business? A, will regional and national companies sponsor youth sports at scale? And B, could we execute on these sponsorships and actually provide good marketing ROI to these companies while still supporting the community appropriately? Right. So- Every day, that was our two guiding principles, and everything we did every day were to answer those two questions. And so we just kind of hit the ground running and figured it out as we went. Clearly, there's a business model here. And Evan, how long did it take you guys to realize that there is a business model here? Was it the full 90 days, or were you like, after 30 or 45 days, you were feeling this kind of traction coming together? We're still not completely sure there's <laughs> okay. no, there, there's totally a business model here. Yeah, uh, Every day is, is a unique challenge. I guess when we got our first paying clients, that's when we really knew there's a, a business model here. We were really fortunate that yep. we got both Applebee's and Smoothie King to sign on fairly quickly. Then at the conclusion of the three-month accelerator, so in the first three months, we got two clients and... At the conclusion of the accelerator, we raised $125,000, and we had spoken to about 1,000 youth sports leagues. Okay. So from the validation of the sports leagues, paying customers, and external validation that investors believe in us, those were the three key triggers that led us to being excited and going all in. And take us back to those early days when Applebee's and Smoothie King sign on. How did you decide how to deploy their area of interest, if you will? Did you identify a couple of youth sports or geographic areas, or did they identify them for you and you connected them? So the concept of our platform is we make sponsoring youth sports leagues just as easy to set up and execute as setting up a Facebook ad campaign. So Smoothie King could send us a CSV of all of their Smoothie King locations and say they want to reach soccer leagues, specifically kids under age 10. Now there's a technology platform where they could enter those specific data points. At that point, they just told us over the phone and we matched them with the appropriate sports leagues in those communities. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Zubin, I'll turn to you with this question around hurdles. What were some of those early challenges that you encountered that maybe you weren't expecting? And how did you navigate that in order to continue to persevere? <laughs> I laugh because there were so many challenges. And, I bet. And we're still discovering new types of challenges now focused around growth versus initial product market fit. But I think in general, what's hard about being an entrepreneur and starting your own company is that there's a, this balance between, especially at an early stage, executing and running the business and then working on the business. So strategically mapping out who are our next customers, what are our next verticals, what does the product and technology look like? How do we continue to raise capital to put some kerosene on the fire that we have going? And so the the balance between working on and in the business is it's still a challenge today. We define ourselves a lot as as player coaches where we'll get into the weeds and sometimes we'll step back and, and be coaches. But at this current stage, we've built an incredible team and the team is full in on the mission of League Side, making youth sports more accessible, working with these awesome clients. And so now our challenges are more around how do we grow faster? How do we grow faster? How do we maximize the impact we're having? And share with us a little bit more about what I would call the business model and a little bit more about the business operations. How big is the team at League Side now? And if you're comfortable sharing this, how big is the, the success you've had over the past three years or so in terms of market penetration or revenue, whether it's net or gross? Yeah, so the team we have here in Philly is 15. It's a combination of natives and, and non-natives, mm -hmm. which is exciting. Yeah. And at the end of 2018, 
we gave back about $2 million to youth sports leagues across the country. That's great. That's really great. Congratulations. Thank you. And if you're comfortable, how many sponsors, if you will, have signed on? And how many youth leagues are you engaging and connecting with those sponsors? So to date, we have about 40 sponsors that we work with. That's really a great model. So here's the next natural question. What's next? And Evan, I'm going to turn to you with this one. Where do you see league side in the next three years, the next five years? Heck, if you want to start in the next year, that's fine, too. (laughs) Yeah, we're in a very fortunate position where we have two key points of validation. One, youth sports leagues couldn't be more excited to work with league side as evidenced by them continuously signing up to be part of our network. Two, this is an effective marketing channel as evidenced by our our retention rate. Our net revenue retention is about 130%. So not only are our clients renewing, but they're typically sponsoring more leagues and growing their campaigns. With these metrics, our goals for this year and beyond is growth. We are going to potentially triple our team this year. Mm -hmm. We see the team being up to 45 people by the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. and continuing to scale the next couple of years. Hopefully in the next few years, we'll take that 2 million to way closer to 100 million that Mm -hmm. that we'll be contributing to youth sports leagues across the country. And potentially having, you know, 40 sponsors getting engaged to go to 50 sponsors, to 60 sponsors, to 80 sponsors, and 7,000 youth sports leagues across the country or the region. I think you're in 16 states, if I remember correctly. We have active campaigns in about 16 states yep. right now. Yeah. To go from you know 7,000 to 8,000 or 10,000 leagues who want to be involved and potentially benefit from sponsors that they normally wouldn't have been able to reach. Exactly. And we definitely want to add more leagues to our network, but we also want to go deeper in the leagues that are already in our network. Yeah. Provide them with more regional sponsors, additional national sponsors. And then to your point from at the top of the interview, this platform is going to make it much easier and more efficient for local businesses to sponsor their local sports leagues as well. I love the business model you guys have created here in terms of connecting sponsors at really a corporate level, but also at the regional level, and and I would even suggest at a grassroots level as well, and being a channel for those mom-and-pop pizza shops and printers and, and other neighborhood folks who oftentimes are engaged in those youth sports. But you're inspiring me to offer a suggestion. I'm going to offer it, and maybe you've already thought about this, because no idea is really a new idea, right? But how do you expand we'll <laughs> How do you expand this beyond youth sports? I mean, are there other industry sectors that you could use this technology platform for to connect a corporate sponsor with, I'll make it up, homelessness, with youth education, with other kind of verticals that could benefit from this same kind of model and the same kind of thinking. And Evan, I'll start with you and then zoom in if you want to add on and correct Evan on all the things that are (laughs) off base you can. 1000%. We're fortunate to be building a business that's applicable to homelessness, like you said, schools, church groups, all different community groups where brands could connect with a group of people intimately in the community. That said, youth sports is massive. Right. There's 35 million families in the United States, so over 100 million people that are on the sidelines every weekend playing youth sports. It's a 10 billion opportunity just connecting sponsors with youth sports leagues alone. Right. Something that I think Zubin and I and the whole league side team is good at is starting with a narrow focus, nailing it, and continuing to expand. So way more growth opportunity in youth sports, but that totally see us expanding to other areas as well. Other channels, absolutely. Zubin, anything you want to add to that? 
No, he was perfect. Evan nailed it. Did yeah, he really? Yeah, he did it. Is he, does he do that all the time? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> really one of his, his uh, superpowers. He's perfect. Uh, <laughs> the legend of Evan continues. Le- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, guys, I want to shift gears slightly and talk about Greater Philadelphia. Because, as I mentioned earlier, I love the fact, Evan, that you grew up in Long Island, New York, and that Zubin, you grew up in Dallas. And you had an opportunity through this project, through Venture for America, to find yourselves living and working in greater Philadelphia. Do you think that League Side would have been as successful as you are today had it not been for the specific geography where you're located, the network of other entrepreneurs and kind of other doers who empowered you to take this idea from concept to reality? No. Uh, (laughs) Philadelphia was the perfect city for us to launch Leagueside and grow Leagueside. From its accessibility to other major cities, the talent from so many great universities here in Philly, its affordability. If we started this company in in New York, we would have run out of money in in one month. Right. And it's a sports city, which uh, there's so much more about Philly than it being a sports city, but that is super relevant uh, to our business. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And that hurts coming from a a Dallas and a Jets fan, so... But are, are you still a Dallas fan? I'm still a Dallas possible? fan. Can we not air that? I don't want people to, to know. <laughs> and I know Evan can no longer be a Jets fan, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't typically uh, tell people. That, no. <laughs> Sam Darnold, he's our future. There you go. I like your optimism. <laughs> and diving into that a little bit, Zubin, I want to turn to you and, and ask, what do you love about Greater Philadelphia? What has really struck you that surprised you when you landed here? I think to what Evan's saying, it's it's the community of entrepreneurs here and, and how accessible they are. There's uh, some of our investors and advisors, like Evan mentioned, Bob Moore, Jake Stein, Will Luttrell, Anthony Bucci, Justin Goldman, Elton Brand is even an investor and advisor in, in League Side. Nice. So it's it's that accessibility to entrepreneurs and people that have, have done it themselves, which we're not just friends professionally, like I said before, we're, we just hang out and, and they're happy to help. Right. And I also just love Philly, the, the city, meaning... <laughs> I started this thing amongst my friends from Georgetown where I have a quote unquote sell weekend mm-hmm. where I'll invite a group of about six or seven of my friends from all different cities. They'll come to Philly and I will sell them on Philly. Nice. So they'll come in. We'll do axe throwing. We'll go to, we went to Marrakesh last time, took them to all the beer gardens, took them out to some of the, the bars on the water. Yep. And it's my sell weekend where at the end of the week, people are like, I could move here. Right which means a lot coming from my friends who live in New York, D.C., even Florida. Sure. Who all want to come and relocate here in Philly. All right, so now I have to ask the natural question. Have you actually closed a formal sale? <laughs> I have not yet, so... <laughs> Still nurturing. Exactly. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's a, it's a long process at times, yeah. especially to relocate somewhere. Exactly. That's pretty cool. I love the whole concept of a sell weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. So, folks, we're talking with Evan Brandoff and Zubin Teherani. They're co-founders of a really cool startup. I actually would call you guys a tech startup, and it's called League Side. And League Side is connecting youth sports with sponsors to provide that kind of uh, support financially that allows these youth sports leagues to thrive and to get more kids off the sidelines and onto the court or onto the field. It's a really inspiring story, and I'm glad you guys have chosen to do this right here in Greater Philadelphia. 
you. I will ask, because I'm going to make a, an assumption here, that you both are under the age of 30, is my assumption. What do you share with young entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting their own business or trying something new and taking it to the next level in terms of a risk profile, if you will? And Evan, I'll start with you. My girlfriend's 30. She's, she's going to hate it that you made that uh, <laughs> comment on there. <laughs> She's got. She's actually going to hate it more that you just told everybody how old she was. Oh no, that's a good point. <laughs> go back. Go back. <laughs> There's so much that we've learned over the last few years. One is starting a company, although it has tremendous benefits, it's not glamorous. It's not every day is in peaches and butterflies and ideation sessions. It's mm-hmm. really Pe- hard. Yeah. Peaches and butterflies, a yeah. classic uh, Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard. And what I mean by that is you need to ask yourself if this is something that you're extremely, extremely passionate about and ready to give your all to. You're going to be eating ramen for uh, the first couple of years. You're going to be working on the weekends. There's a a ton of sacrifice. So you, you need to be ready to make that sacrifice. And then second is test things really early on. If there's a product that you want to build and try to sell, set up Facebook ads and pretend you already have that product and see if people click on it and want to buy it and get validation before you dive in and do something. And and third, have a co-founder. It is difficult and having someone to do it with you makes it so much more easier, but also more rewarding. It's someone to share the successes with. Sure. And you can bounce things off of each other in a much more efficient way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Evan and I also live together. So we we literally are always working. Right. we never go to sleep mad at each other. Right. We always work things out. And, but you're always thinking. You're always thinking. The wheels are always turning as well. Exactly. Yeah. Zubin, how about you? I mean, other than kind of learning from and embracing the legend of Evan, I love that line. What do you share with a young entrepreneur as they're thinking about embarking on, you know, whether it's a post high school, post college kind of career in establishing a vision and then trying to make that vision come to life? Yeah. I think as the millennial generation, we tend to think on shorter timelines. So before, the advice I always give to entrepreneurs before they dive headfirst is, can you see yourself doing this for 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? Because entrepreneurship doesn't happen in a couple months, a couple weeks. It's, it's a commitment to building this company over the long term. And in order to get to that stage, my advice is always don't quit your day job. People always see, oh, I have this idea, I'm going to quit and go full-time. Like, I can't figure it out now because I have this full-time job. But Evan and I worked on Leakside for six months before we even quit our jobs. And it wasn't all peaches and butterflies. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Evan, Zubin, thank you for taking time out to share your story with us. And thank you for being part of Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Matt. It was so much fun being here. Our Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast is brought to us by many of our investors and partners, including Stradley Ronin. They're a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia, and their more than 200 attorneys represent private and public companies in everything from sophisticated corporate transactions to complex litigation. You can learn more at stradley.com. 
and by Independence Blue Cross, a leading health insurance company offering health plans from managed care, Medicare, and Medicaid, and they have over 10,000 dedicated employees right here in greater Philadelphia. You can learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Check out all of our podcasts and be sure to tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m., Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Philadelphia.